0: are getting a little bit ugly out there give them all a cookie and make them settle down as we sit here on our second to last episode of the year so groggy we can barely think not fully sure if evan's actually coming so mm. we will see about that not fully sure what to talk about not fully sure what to make of the red wings Not fully sure what existence actually is at this point. Merry Christmas
1: and happy holidays, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to the Winged Wheel podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna.
0: I'm a nihilist.
1: Evans. Maybe real. This is our uh, last episode before we take uh, our one week off that we take per year. (laughs) We should probably take more breaks. (laughs) i should maybe build in a
0: few more breaks listen ryan i already get enough angry tweets in a normal week the last thing i need is more
1: yeah i know i actually started flinching when people started talking to me at work today because i thought they also would be saying podcast when podcast tonight podcast cast podcast (laughs) but yes we are going to take a break after this episode for just the week we'll be back uh, around the 30th of december for our year-end wrap-up um and that'll be the last episode before our inevitable New Year, New Me pun title for the first episode of January. We've already done New Year, Same Team, I think three times now.
0: So <laughs> I will not. We will not do it again. This uh, year it's going to be Same Team, comma New Year. Oh, no, we're mixing it backwards. It's
1: classy. This on the Windwheel Podcast today, we are going to talk about uh, Detroit's past, present, and future games. I say that literally because they are playing Carolina as we record. Uh, currently up 2-1 by some Christmas miracle. Uh, topic 2 is going to be continuation of last week's Topic 2, which is the debacle in Philly. So we'll review the bloodbath and how... The Dave Haxtell lost his job in a non-confidence vote before Theresa May did over Britain. Uh, and then we're going to probably talk about the World Junior Championships, sparring between Washington and Pittsburgh, what have you. We'll see where this takes us. Mm-hmm. I've tried medic- self-medicating with, uh, with some whiskey earlier, um, and it's done nothing except add to the grogginess that's sitting kind of like in between my eyes. I'm really happy that our camera was a little bit uh, dysfunctional for today, so you guys won't view <laughs> what is real. I'm ass- I'm assuming at January 1st, like the moment the clock strikes January 1st, 2019, our health meter, our energy meter is going to go back up and we'll we'll be replenished. Yeah, that's how this works.
0: You don't know how parenting works, do you, son?
1: Am I gonna have a kid? I'm not ready.
0: Congrats. <laughs> Does no. Mel know? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can I just have Meek? uh I don't know. What would you make that trade? If what you tr- were not a parent, would you trade to skip the first two years and just grab Mika as is right now?
0: <laughs> no, man. It gets harder <laughs> as they get older. When she was like six months, that was the easiest time ever. Where's Mika? Exactly where we left her. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that kid's. A, she's scary. She actually scares me now. I used to like hold her upside down and like replay Batman scenes with her, but now I'm actually kind of horrified with of her. You've never given her a knife, have you?
0: <laughs> not on purpose she
1: kind of runs with a stabby motion with her hands like, <laughs> that could be dangerous like that little gif of the crab with a knife <laughs> she would resemble that no it's that
0: ki- it's that k- kid running around the pool it's like the most famous like 8 second YouTube video of all time hey Dylan what you got there a knife <laughs> no video cuts <laughs> that's essentially a summary of my life when you really just want to break it down to 8 second increments <laughs>
1: I'm still I'm still convinced that you're not a real kid. It's like a child actor to make me convinced that you're a father because you have so much more energy than every other human being that I know. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. There's no catharsis when I come over and I'm tired. I'm like, hey, let me just like revel in this with my friend. And you're sitting here like, hey, man, what's up? Let's talk. Let's do this. I have an idea for the podcast. Four episodes a week. And I'm like, Brad, please. <laughs> Just like siphon off some blood, hold your breath for an hour or something. God, gotta calm down, but you don't, and that doesn't make sense because fatherhood, from everything I've heard, should destroy you.
0: And here you are. There's a secret: alcohol, Adderall, and cocaine.
1: I don't think you should.
0: I haven't. I do not. This is (laughs) Brad's views are his and his alone. I haven't slept in five months. Uh, what's it gonna be when? Just uh, kidding. I don't do drugs or drink alcohol very often. So yeah, Brad's a teetotaler. For those who don't who don't know, I don't know what that means. Oh, that's for the best.
1: Okay. Um, what's gonna happen when Evan or myself
0: have kids? Is that uh, hell freezes over? Is that gonna be? <laughs> no, like the first warning sign just came through on my phone of hell freezing over. What? Uh, Red Wings goal scored by. Number 52, Jonathan Erickson. I knew it. I knew, of course, it's going to be. Yep. 3-1 Red Wings. Mm. Fun fact, the Red Wings went into the third period of this game with 12 shots on net. Is it the third? I thought it was the second. No, it's going into the third period now. Uh, That's great. They have 12 shots on net. In the Philly game going into the third period, they had 13 shots on net. Going into the third period of the Islanders game, they had 11 shots on net. I'm pretty sure this team doesn't care anymore. Because the Islanders, the Flyers, and the Hurricanes are not good hockey teams. No. They're not, not only are they not good hockey teams, in two of the three teams' instances, their weakness is defending. And the Red Wings are barely managing it, di- and not even in all instances hitting 20 shots a game. Yet, through some unreal goaltending from Jonathan Bernier in this stretch. And some absolutely stupid puck luck. The Red Wings got to overtime against the Islanders. Barely lost to the Flyers. And from the looks of it, are going to beat the Hurricanes tonight. The- I they, they are doing just the bare ass minimum to not be tanking for a top five pick. But in reality, are not even close to competing for a playoff spot. They are in the limbo. That we all feared they would end up in. And the worst part is, they are the most boring team in the NHL to watch. I I think I tweeted after the Islanders game, I deeply regretted watching that game. I think I regretted the Flyers game more. I had to work till 8 tonight and basically came home, literally ate six tacos and came down here to record this podcast. So I haven't seen a minute of this game and I'm actually grateful for it. You had six tacos? Don't judge me. Did you not offer me one? (laughs) They're gone. Cause you had six, yeah. You're listen, the worst friend I have. Listen, dude, I have worked out every day since Saturday. I am hungry. Ugh.
1: <laughs> My dinner was a pretzel from Mister Pretzel and um, cough syrup.
0: Is <laughs> <laughs> <It's> that bad? <laughs> You are this close to just being Archer. Yeah, all I've had today was six gummy bears and some scotch. I'm a af- I I could
1: stop drinking, but I'm afraid the cumulative hangover would literally kill me. I think I'm behind on Archer. I need to catch up on that show.
0: Yeah, there's a new season I haven't seen yet, and it's not on Netflix yet. And I don't know why, because that season ended in like April. Oh, seriously? Yeah. That's-
1: um the red wings over the break will have uh, a few games most notably the december 23rd game um against toronto
0: i'm sure that'll end well
1: they first play florida at home on the 22nd then they have a few days off obviously for christmas um pittsburgh on the 27th dallas on the 29th and we'll be back with you on the 30th to recap all of that the philly game let's talk about that carter hart We'll we'll get into what happened in Philly. But a lot happened. Carter Hart got called up, long awaited, got called up. First it was gonna it was said that he wasn't gonna be called up, and then he did get called up, but they said he would be a backup and then he was starting against the Red Wings, which is actually a good play in my mind.
0: L- like no exaggeration if there's a team in the NHL to start your goalie and in his first NHL game, it's the Red Wings, and I'm not even saying that to be facetious. They're with Manthang Green out the least dangerous team in the NHL right now.
1: Yeah. At home against the Red Wings is a great premiere for that for an up-and-coming goalie Uh, made 20 of 22 saves in a win 3-2 win over Detroit 22
0: 22 saves or 22 shots in a league where teams are averaging 30 per game this year yeah yeah you know take that for whatever it is hey good for Carter Hart he was having a rough go of it in the AHL so maybe he'll be further proof to that theory some guys actually play better at a higher level so I'm really hoping Zadina falls into that category
1: Right, because Zidina, uh his injury was deemed not too serious.
0: And- he played yesterday. Yeah, so he's uh, cleared to uh, join the Czech Republic in the World Junior Championship. So. And I'm, I'm really excited actually, because from what I saw, Nichash and Kout are both going. So they're reuniting that line from last year. Are they, Except- are they sticking them on the same line? How the hell wouldn't they? That was the best line in the tournament last year, and they were all underagers. <laughs> <laughs> now they're all older. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that was good news because there wasn't a lot of reporting. Oh, my God. Toronto's up 5 nothing right now. Who are they playing? Florida.
0: Oh, God damn it. Florida. The thing that's irritating me, too, about this, is, as as mediocre as Detroit's been, every team behind them, based on games in hand, should leapfrog Detroit. Oh, yeah. But they just keep losing. They just keep losing. But then Detroit will lose one and then lose in overtime and then win one and just keep pace with everybody. We're not passing anybody ahead of us, but nobody behind us is catching up. No. I, God, I have... The worst thing about this is I've reached the point in the season earlier than ever where Mm -hmm. I just don't care anymore. Like, I care. I'm still watching the team because I'm invested in seeing how the players are doing. Yeah. But in terms of how the Red Wings are actually doing in the standings, I've reached that point already. I just don't care. No, well... Because they're going to have to be historically bad the second half of the season in order to get into the lottery spots because, man, I did not realize Chicago and L.A. had fallen that far back. It's not just that they're behind everybody. They are, like, in a class of their own. I just...
1: uh, I don't like giving up on that chance. You know, I like rooting for the reverse tank. It sounds bad. I've said this a million times and I'll have to say it a million times again because we do go on air twice a week. I don't root for Detroit to lose. I I like to see them play well when they do play. But at the end of the game, I like to see the teams around them win so Detroit gets a better draft.
0: Well, that's the problem. They're not doing worse and worse, but they're not doing better and better. I am all on board for whichever way they want to take this. If they rattle off another streak where they win freaking 9 out of 11, I'm all in. Let's go for a playoff spot. The the run would be fun. Don't. But if you're not going to make that run... Let's play some youngsters. Let's let's throw the emergency backup goalie in for a period. Let's do. Let's have some fun. Like that's the most disheartening thing for me. The last couple of weeks is the Red Wings. As far as watchability goes, they're the thirty first out of thirty one teams in the league. There's just there's no drive. The some of the guys who are exciting like Athanasio, I've not noticed in about two weeks. Bertuzzi hasn't been the same pest he's been. Larkin's been great. Nothing bad to say about Larkin. Choloski's still been great. But by and large, without Mantha, without Green, Athanasiou in one of his inconsistent stretches, Bertuzzi not being the agitator he normally is. this team's just boring.
1: Did Bertuzzi get scared
0: into submission? He might have. I hope not, but he might have. But uh, like I said, like... I can't be the only one who thinks this cuz like I always joke around that my Twitter timeline is the darkest timeline. I man, <laughs> it is not just me anymore. Every Red Wings fan that I encounter on Twitter just seems dejected. Even the happiest, happiest bubliest accounts I follow, they just they're with me. They're I've either the Red Wings have brought them down to my level or I've brought them down to my level and I feel bad either way. <laughs> I don't we didn't do anything. We did not do anything. I like
1: to think we set the bar exactly where it should be at the beginning of the season. We've been very clear about expectations. It doesn't make us any happier, but we could have made it a little bit more
0: acceptable amenable. The, the only thing that pisses me off is I think I I kind of bought in during a bit of that streak there. Like we didn't fully I buy in, know. but I bought in more than I should have. And I'm like, I, I told was, you. Not I was to. stupid. I didn't like buy in, buy in. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. I'm like, hey guys, this team might actually be like, this the core of this team might actually be pretty good. I'm I'm wrong. It's not good enough. Not even close. No, not even remotely close. No, not even. Larkin is the only key piece on this team, and Chalosky at this point. Uh, understanding that Howard's probably not coming back. But oh, that, that being
1: said, oh, why we didn't even when we were we're gonna we, get into yeah, the we, Howard yeah, thing? But yeah, 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 yeah. You
0: know what? Okay, one very good development this week, okay? Because um, actually, before the episode, I was really struggling to think of what my positive was going to be. This episode, you just reminded me. We absolutely can trade Howard because you know what's happened this week? Jonathan Bernier has been playing out of his goddamn mind. Ownership, uh, GM has no reason to not trade Howard now because you have your fallback. Bernier has been great. You want to know why he can't trade Howard? Because Howard's hurt like he always is.
1: Apparently. I don't want to say. I don't want to say. Nay, I do want to say. I was right. I've been yelling about this. Are you about to start a timer?
0: No, 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 no. I'm actually checking something I've about been Howard. yelling
1: about this. Trade your key assets as soon as possible. If you are Ken Holland and you have a high level asset that's playing above average relative to what he usually does. He's playing at a level that's unreal for what he usually does. His value literally can't go higher. Why wait until the 11th hour? Why wait? Why wait? Why wait? It's... Especially considering the context being that Jimmy Howard is made of glass. He gets hurt every year. He gets hurt every year pretty much at the same time. This time of year he gets hurt. He wasn't even anything spectacular. He hurt his back in warm-ups. That yep. is someone made of glass. Why? Craig Customs did a piece on The Athletic uh, talking about GM's trading tendencies. How often they trade, when they trade, what they trade for, that kind of thing. Ken Holland almost Always makes his trades at the deadline. I do not understand what the rationale is. If you look over the past two seasons there's an argument that could to be made that Ken Holland missed the boat on potential first round two potential first round picks. I understand that's like the farthest like the the most significant case hypothetically possible, but between not trading Mike Green up until he literally broke his neck a week before the deadline and not trading Jimmy Howard when he was playing the best hockey of his like the last four seasons I don't understand this method of asset management there's no rule saying my throat hurts
0: counterpoint who's giving up a premium for Jimmy Howard right now Philly just started their Carter Hart experiment so they're going to let that ride for a little bit St. Louis didn't rebound and every other contending team's goalie is healthy right now.
1: Is there the counter-argument to your very valid counter-argument? And I'm glad you said that because there needed to be a, a offset to what I just yelled. And I do think Brad is right. Um, counter-argument to that, understanding that we could never know what's happening behind the scenes. Shouldn't he have just traded him for the first reasonable offer?
0: What if the first reasonable offer was a third-round pick? I, at that point, if, if my only reasonable offer is something like a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a half ass prospect, yeah, I think I'd rather hold my cards and pray. Like, you never pray for injuries, but, like, you just sit there and February 21st, Pecorine, season-ending knee injury, or, you know... Calgary sitting on top of the conference right now, Riddick and Smith just both going to the toilet bowl. Like at that point, then you're looking at reasonable expectations for a first round pick. Right now, there isn't really an option.
1: Athanasio just got checked into the bench off the puck. That about sums up his last couple
0: weeks. You're not
1: wrong. If the third round, I do think trading, if, if it came down to Ken Holland got a third round pick for Jimmy Howard at the deadline, it'd be like, Fine.
0: At the deadline, I would accept
1: that. But right right now, if that was a second, I would say I would almost pull the trigger, trigger. Third, I think you're right in that, yeah, it would be the right move to hold out. It's just frustrating. It's just frustrating watching this happen two years in a row now. Because you just know that when Jimmy Howard comes... Because every time Jimmy Howard comes back from injury, he does not play well. He does not regain the form he had before injury. He's very much... Uh, a goalie in his own head in that right. He needs to be in rhythm. So I don't.
0: On the plus side, it sounds like he's already pretty much better. Really? Yeah, and they said there was an off chance he was going to back up tonight. I don't actually know if he did or didn't back up. I'm going to look. I heard up. he was out for weeks. No, uh, everything I was reading this morning was positive. Are you saying I just yelled and clapped into the mic for almost no reason? Yeah, probably. Then again, I've barely been online today, so I actually don't have full. Oh, piss off NHL I'm not buying anything from your stupid website stop asking <laughs> oh hey Tyler Bertuzzi got an assist I'm sorry for shitting on you earlier um, yeah Howard's backing up tonight
1: well I feel stupid well I feel phenomenally stupid <laughs> better judgment would dictate that we go back and trim the episode and restart from that point But it's Christmas, and you guys just are privy to a whole rant. Although my part of
0: your part of your rant
1: still stands. It still stands. No one wants an injury-tainted goalie. They have to see that he can come back to form after this,
0: regardless. And it's not like the rest of the NHL isn't fully aware of Jimmy Howard's injury history. (laughs) No, yeah, that's well documented. Um, Who's a new Jim in the NHL that might not know? (laughs) Hey, Chuck, Chuck Fletcher. Chucky e. Fletcher. Does anyone
1: keep uh, advanced stats on injuries? Because Jacob might actually not know. I heard he doesn't look at the games. He just reads numbers. Well, that's, isn't that, like, all he, the analytics crowd does now? He just gets spreadsheets. He looks at spreadsheets. That's it. Did <laughs> um, you see the book that I got for my uh, Secret Santa? No. It's uh, Rob Vollman's um, The Ultimate Guide to Hockey Analytics. Advanced Analytics. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lot of good stuff. Um, I'll draw some pictures in it, so when I'm done with it, you can read it as well after.
0: Colored Hmm. Evan right. might have to help me out there. Uh, if Although it's not, if it's not colored, don't bother. I don't think Evan could color the lines if he tried. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Evan has a lot of talents. I don't think coloring the lines is one of them. <laughs>
0: I feel like of all of us, like
1: shouldn't Evan be our stats guy? Why am I working at this? Yeah, doesn't, he, ad-
0: doesn't he actually? Didn't he actually go to university and minor in statistics? Yeah, he was a math grad and minor in <laughs> statistics. Why am I working at this? <laughs> what a weirdo! What? Oh,
1: anyways, um, Dave Haxtell. Dave, right? I always forget first names.
0: <sighs> Dave, Ron, Dave. Don't call me Ron Haxtell. Dave
1: Haxtell. So, when we last spoke. Um, it was pretty much in the middle of the Hackstall being fired, Quenville being hired news story breaking, which obviously turned out to be mostly false at the time, and then still partly false in the end. Um, it came out that Quenville hadn't even been contacted, which, you know, if you, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think he was contacted.
0: Um, yeah, because any team with a coaching vacancy, that's. He's going to be number one on their speed dial until they hire someone. Yeah. Um, He
1: said he hasn't been contacted, and then it came out that Haxtell hadn't even been fired. And it went, like, another day or two. I think another day.
0: Walt Friedman actually put out uh, in his 31 Thoughts article today the kind of backstory on what actually happened. So they were on a flight back from a West Coast road trip. They hadn't done anything yet. Like, I think they had the intent that they were going to fire Hackstol. I think they knew that at that point. But then an article went up uh, that evening as they were coming back, and they're like, well, crap, we can't have a lame duck coach here and have that hanging over him when he's supposed to coach a game in two days. So they just went ahead and did it the next morning. Um Because Hextall ran a very tight ship. There were no leaks there. Now that there's a new voice there, he hasn't had a chance to shore up the talkers yet. So that got out. Um, Nobody knows where the Quenville rumor came from. I mean, I assume Philly has contacted him because if they haven't, Chuck Fletcher is the worst gym in the history of the NHL. So yeah, it, it kind of... The plan, I guess, was to let him go, but they had to rush it all because... Of that article that came out. Apparently,
1: after it came out and the organization denied, 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 Hackstall, they said, no, Hackstall's our guy. Obviously, that was with a for now. Hackstall called a vote of confidence. He had a meeting with GM and and anyone else up there and said, he called a vote of confidence, said, assure me that I'm your coach. And they went. Yeah, we can't do that, so we're gonna have to just uh, Oof. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a say hey, you, you wanna be with me forever.
0: And mm. eh, to be fair, if that's true, good on them for not like being Yeah, 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 you're a guy and then firing him a week later. It's no no no, okay, fine. I would I don't think this is a case of just a reporter just reporting something
1: errantly. Like No, it was... Because that's a reputable beat writer who, who, who broke that. And I actually feel bad for him as well.
0: He, there probably was a source inside the Flyers organization that let him know, hey, this is the plan. Yeah. Doesn't mean... Maybe some, something got crossed in the signals from this is what has happened versus this is the plan. hmm So he hears, hey, we're planning to let Haxtell go and contact Quenville... Something in the communication ends up being, "Hey, we fired Hackstall and we're going, and we've contacted Quenville." So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's just that's one of those crappy situations for a beat reporter because, like, he gets info like that. He can't not report it. No, you can't. it's his job to be able to crack those stories and report that stuff. But if you have a bad, what he has to do now is burn that source's phone number. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's not contacting that person ever again. No. Um, it, it seems like
1: a lot of things just didn't go right for some people, but still, for for Fletcher, this is pretty much his first first storyline as a GM. Not great, not great. They needed that Carter Hart win, you know.
0: Well, it, that was going to lead me into the next point. Was there's a lot of there's so much going on in Philly right now because part of the the rumor floating around why Hextall was let go was again ownership and everybody above him wanted to speed this whole ship up. And apparently one of the big argument points was Hextall wanted to keep Hart in the AHL for this year, and everybody above him was like, no, 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 bring him up. Now, I'm still torn on where I would fall if I was Philly's management because, A, Hart wasn't having the greatest year in the AHL, but you knew the potential was there, not all that dissimilar to what's happening with Zadina and Grand Rapids this year, although Zadina's probably been more successful in the AHL relative to what Hart was. So... There was the chance that once Hextall was gone, they were going to call Carter Hart up no matter what. But like you said, that was a hell of a distraction. Because what was the narrative after the game? It wasn't about, hey, Scott Gordon, interim coach, gets the win. It's, no, Carter Hart records first career win, despite not having to make a spectacular save at any point in the game. Everybody was just like, hey, look at Carter Hart. First NHL one Carter Hart. Look at Carter Hart's mom in the stands. Look at this. Carter Hart, Carter Hart, Carter Hart. Oh, right, we had to unceremoniously <laughs> let go Dave Hackstall the day before because we had a leak, and then everything went shit sideways in the span of 12 hours. So, <laughs> yeah, so, again, I don't know if that was the plan or if that was a PR plan, but hey, he's the sixth goaltender to start a game for the Flyers this year, and uh, he can't be any worse than any of the five ahead of him. So why not? You're learning on the job, son.
1: You know, good for him. I I genuinely think this is a case like we've been hearing about Carter Hart for some time now, and for an organization that's been so mired in like having enough talent but just not the goalie to play behind them, why not take the shot? It's not like you're gonna hurt his development. He it almost looked like he was oversaturated within the AHL. Does that is that a good way of putting it? Like it seemed like like you said like it crazier things have happened than players being called up when maybe they weren't playing the best and all of a sudden they just explode right
0: so there's a theory i don't know if i buy into it but i i do give it some credibility that certain players process the game at such a high level that as the game slows down it actually hinders them because they have a tendency to overthink then some people think that might be what's happening with Zadina right now i don't buy that argument with players as much as i do with goalies players you can play at whatever pace you want right you can push the pace if the rest of the guys around you aren't keeping up with a goalie though there is something to be said about you're overplaying a shot you're overthinking a read you're reacting too quickly because these guys don't shoot like the other guys do again i don't know if i fully buy into it but hey carter hart might be a good case study for that because when he was in junior he would, where that was almost, it was almost comically easy for him last year. He was lights out at the World Juniors, comes up to the HL, struggles. Again, I'm not going to say anything about his first game because Detroit really didn't test him outside of the two goals, honestly. No. So, yeah, time will tell. I mean, if, it, if his first two weeks just go horribly, you just send him back. No harm, no foul. He knows what he's in for in the NHL. He knows, hey, they shoot hard and fast up there. I got I to gotta get going. And I'm trying to even remember Detroit's two goals against him. Uh, Cholowski's goal, Hart couldn't have done a damn thing about that. There was a hell of a screen, and that puck went a quarter of an inch inside the post.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, man, that game was so uneventful. I can't even remember who scored the second goal. Nothing else happened. Uh... The Red Wings scored another goal, and I don't even remember it. Yeah, well, the that never happens.
1: (laughs) You can't make me laugh today, Brad. I'm gonna just cough into the mic, and it's not gonna be fun for anyone's ears. Um, Moving on from that, hacks or it's Gordon. What's his name? Gordon is the temporary coach. Scott Gordon. Scott Gordon is in. They'll take a good long look at Quenville, and by that I mean they're gonna text him every day asking when he's ready. Um, their plan is for Gordon to be there through the end of the season, but I think if at any point Quenville said, yeah, I'm in, in on it,
0: then... I don't think Quentville's stepping into a job this year unless it's... Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, unless he's got a reasonable chance at winning a cup, because, again, if I'm Quenville, I'm sitting here going, okay, well, right now, what jobs can I take? L.A.? No. Philly? Eh, don't. Maybe, but no. But I'm sitting there going... Well, Toronto, Tampa, and Boston are all going to be playing each other in the first couple rounds. So a team that's really, really good is going to lose in the first round. Same thing is going to happen over in the Central Division. Maybe one of these teams let's go with their coach in a panic move. Then all of a sudden I'm in a position to win a cup next year. Or, look, hey,
1: look for I've, the newest uh, Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, so you never know. And if I'm Quinville, that's what I'm waiting on. Or, hey. As John Tavares taught us this summer, sometimes people wax poetic and you can go home again. And for those who don't understand what I'm getting at, Joel Quenville is from Windsor, which is just happens to be connected to Detroit. So <laughs> throwing that out there, although I'm almost positive a Jeff Blashill extension is coming, but whatever.
1: Hey, you're, you're going to Windsor.
0: Yeah. Are you excited for that? No. Why not? Because it's Windsor. <laughs> hey, man, we have listeners in Windsor. Are you excited to be going to Windsor and family not counted? I have friends too.
1: <laughs> I stay in Windsor for two to five days at a time. Beyond five, and then my my vision starts to get blurry, and like you know, in like GoldenEye, when like or Call of Duty, when you're you get like uh, take damage, and the s- edges of your screen get red to like simulate like blood, and it's kind of like that. And then like I'm drunk and I black out, like I'm in a fugue state, and I wake up. So I got to get out of there. You know those what effects take.
0: The worst part about that statement is I actually understood the Golden Eye reference more.
1: I I feel like maybe not a lot of people would have gotten Golden Eye. So no,
0: I'm old up. as hell. So I miss Golden Eye. That was like the first ever. That was like the first shooter game. You kind of
1: look like Oddball, Oddjob, Oddball, Oddjob. What was his name? Oddjob, Golden Eye, Oddjob. Yeah, huh? That's you. I thought he was big and scary. No, he's small, isn't he? That's why P- you can't use him because he has a smaller hitbox. I don't remember these details. Mm. Yeah, you definitely use that job. Um, the World Junior Championship. First great news
0: Zadina is playing. He's, playing. he's playing. He's been loaned, which is great. And they're going to reunite that top line, and the Czechs might actually be a pretty decent team this year. So it'll be a tournament of six instead of a tournament of five, which is as big. it normally is. Um,. Gabe Vlardi has been ruled out for the tournament for Team Canada, and Jared Anderson Dolan has been ruled in, which is bad news for Team Canada, but good news for Red Wings fans, because now, on Sunday, we were wondering aloud what that meant for Valeno, and now we can confirm, Joe Valeno has indeed made Team Canada. We already knew Jared McIsaac did, because they had set the roster, but both Red Wings prospects who were invited to camp are on the team. It was funny, too, because I was um, reading an article talking about Team Canada for the World Juniors, and a lot of people were they were talking to scouts and people around the hockey world about, hey, so who are your surprises to make the team? And the predominant answer was Jared McIsaac came on the left. So that's a great sign for us because, mm-hmm. hey, if he, uh, if he can surprise the hockey world and make it as an 18-year-old defenseman in a... Like I said, a primarily 19-year-old tournament. That's a that's a hell of a big deal. And they've played one preliminary game so far against Switzerland. Valeno's playing on the fourth line. Again, which usually happens to the 18-year-olds end up playing the bottom six roles. Uh, I'm pretty sure the entirety of Team Canada's top six right now is all 19-year-olds. Well, that makes sense. Which, yeah. So, not really a huge knock against Valeno. He looked great in the, the limited minutes he did play. McIsaac looked either really good or really bad on shifts. I think because he knows he's the seventh defenseman on Team Canada, he he suffered from the extra guy syndrome and tried doing too much at times mm-hmm. and got burned a couple times for it, but he did get an assist out of it. So, you know, the good with the bad. It was ni- it was just nice for me to see that McIsaac did have that kind of willingness in his game to take the extra risk, to make the extra jump, because that's generally not Jared McIsaac. He's, no, that's not the McIsaac that was scouted or drafted. No, he's he's the more not. I feel like when I say conservative player, it, it I usually use that in a derogatory manner. But in in Jared McIsaac's case, it's not. He's a very sound, reliable player. He's not to say he's been devoid of those jumps and those pinches and those aggressive plays, but he he picks his spots mm-hmm. generally more than he did last night. So. It was, it was interesting, it was it was fun to watch It was a good game, Canada almost blew the lead to Switzerland It was great, but yeah So now when it's all said and done, we can now confirm Four Red Wings Four baby Red Wings will be playing in the tournament baby Valen- baby Valeno and McIsaac for Team Canada um, Malti Setkov has made Team Denmark And Filip Zedina for the Czech Republic
1: multi Setkov Tournament MVP
0: if Team Denmark wins a medal Someone from that team's winning team MVP Is winning tournament MVP Setkov relegation game MVP <laughs> Honestly I don't know much about Denmark But given that he's drafted to the NHL And is like 6 foot 100 Yeah he's probably their number one defenseman so. Yeah quite quite possibly that, And that's
1: knowing nothing Did We both got a notification at the same time
0: And empty net goal scored by Number 71 Dylan Larkin and He keeps
1: his uh, point streak going
0: I don't know if he had a point on the first three goals,
1: but if he didn't, he keeps the point streak going. <laughs> and Detroit's going to take that win against Carolina to move them up into what fifth place in the standings.
0: Yes, they're actually going to leapfrog Carolina because of this game. Uh, well, they do have that game against Toronto Sunday, so stay tuned. What was the upcoming schedule again? Was it a lo- like this was the this was the stretch if Detroit was going to make a run at the playoffs? The Islanders, the Flyers, the Hurricanes. That's, that's the stretch you need to go two zero and one or three zero and 0 on. Uh, it was Florida twice, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Dallas, something like that. So best case scenario, two and three? <laughs> Take both against Florida?
1: <laughs> I would not be surprised if this team ekes out, th- be, just because it would go against all laws of the universe, they eke out three wins.
0: To be fair, I will always root for the win against Toronto? Oh, 100%. Wholeheartedly. 100%.
1: Uh, Matthew, did you see Matthews and Marner in The Nutcracker? That was amazing. It's <laughs> so funny. I've never seen Matthews more animated in my life.
0: They were so good. I hate how fun the Maple Leafs have become in every sense of the word. Um, this is the, the Red Wings are starting to get there. The Larkin-Bertuzzi bromance is starting to... Starting to get a little bit there, but by and large, the Red Wings are still a very boring hockey team compared to the rest of the NHL. You know what the Red Wings need? Hmm. A giant purple octopus that just runs around the stands and does stupid stuff. We need our own gritty. We have Al the octopus and we need to start using him.
1: Can you imagine they just make him like egregiously large with like tentacles going on in all directions and every time he turns he knocks out someone's beer? Like,
0: he just, he just he's get- running down the aisle <laughs> and he's just I can just picture him running up the stairs at the lca and just knocking people in the head as he's going by with his tentacles and i'm here for it
1: he's just like yeah
0: i'm here for it fully (laughs) i'm doing my
1: best to keep up here with you brad they really should if if philly puts out gritty the red wings really should signal their shift away from like the traditional old like crusty club in uh by unveiling like it oversized alley octopus with arms and tentacles that are like animatronic and just like are a huge safety hazard
0: and knock people over and like hurt little kids and that kind of thing spill beers like even if it's something as simple as just getting yuri hoodler really hammered before a game and giving him a t-shirt gun mm, yuri hoodler's wasn't he r- arrested recently probably he his his last few years have been a train wreck what a strange decline from grace that man had. I still remember him going up and winning. A, I forget which award, but a major award at the NHL Awards with no shoes. He had no shoes on. Yeah, he went up with no shoes. He yeah. just forgot his shoes. Put up a lot of points though. Yeah, that was when he was with Calgary. I think. Is he even playing hockey anymore? I have two. I have a snap from Adam Lascaris. I'm sure it's snarky. I have one too. He uh, he might be playing in Europe. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I would I would just want to. I spelled Yuri Hoodler wrong, and I pulled up Yuri Laterra, and I remembered he might be going to jail soon. Yeah, Yuri. oh, and we got to talk about the Berglund thing because that situation's weird. Yuri Laterra's has been indicted and in, has been arrested, or is has a warrant out for his arrest. I don't
1: know. I think he's got a court hearing coming up uh, as part of a cocaine smuggling ring in uh, Finland. Now, Yuri Hoodler just
0: retired, man. He hasn't played since 2017.
1: Look at that. Yeah, strange. Uh, Patrick Berglund. Um, Had $13 million left on his contract over four years Uh, Was getting low minutes, third, fourth line I think he was even a healthy scratch a couple times And uh, stopped reporting And
0: uh, agreed to mutually terminate his contract So first thing I need to say Because I had a few tweets that were asking me this As soon as they found out that Berglund's contract has been terminated Why aren't the Red Wings doing this with Abdelkader and Darren Helm and whoever else? It's not the same. Because the player has to agree to it. Yep. (laughs) And And none of them breached contract. Justin Abdelkader might not get a next contract, so he is definitely not giving up this contract.
1: Well, I guess they—they I would argue that they did breach their contract by not playing any appreciable hockey, but that's just me.
0: You know. Sorry, semantics. it was there.
1: It was low-hanging fruit. I had to go for it.
0: Semantics. So apparently here this Did you is... say Sumantics? Semantics. Seman-
1: okay, I was just making sure.
0: Sumantics. Sumantics. Not... sumantics. Is that like semantics but with sumo wrestlers?
1: Yes, or when your Aunt Susan is just like nagging you. Do you have an Aunt Susan? No. If you have an Aunt Susan and she's nagging you over the small details, what if it's... it's Sumantics. What if
0: it's like a Finnish Sorry. phrase, the Suomi phrase?
1: <laughs> that's that's the best connection we had to it god-awful joke to start (laughs) thank you for (laughs) kind
0: of salvaging that all right anyways so apparently what i didn't know this was a thing in the contract i always just assumed that when you had a contract or a stipulation in your contract where you have like a 10 team no trade list you just submitted it whenever the team asked apparently that's not true or that's not always the case because in patrick Berglund's case He had to submit his no-trade list with St. Louis by a certain date. I want to say it was June 30th or July 1st, whatever it was. He didn't submit it. He gets traded to Buffalo. From the sounds of it, Buffalo would have been on that no-trade list had he remembered or his agent remembered to submit it. He gets to Buffalo. Buffalo gets good. Berglund's not good. Doesn't play. Doesn't get any ice time. There's been rumors about some other off-ice stuff, but hey, those haven't been confirmed. I'm not going to talk about them. But yeah, so he's not been reporting. Takes a leave from the team, whatever you want to call it. He hates it there so much he's willing to get rid of $12 million. And apparently the NHLPA might not even fight this. They fought when, um, who was it? Jake Dotchin had his contract terminated f- f- by Tampa because he showed up to camp massively out of shape. That was a $900,000 contract or something like that. And the NHLPA filed a grievance even though Dodgeon had another contract from another uh, team like a week later. Apparently, Berglund is completely okay with his contract being terminated from the sounds of it. Again, it's rumors we don't know, but he is just willing to walk away from $12 million. That's... That is insane. He is a crazy person. And $12 million in security over the next four years. What's the worst case scenario? Like, Because this doesn't benefit Buffalo either. Like, I get they free up the cap space and all that, because one would think Berglund could have at least spent some time just being like, trade me. And then rode that out for a month to see if anybody tr- traded for him like a conditional seventh round pick. I know Buffalo wouldn't be willing to retain salary, but hey, Berglund was all right in St. Louis. I, th- I think he's got a very bad contract, but you never know. There's always somebody. But. It just went straight to termination. So now he's free to go back to Europe, sign with another NHL team. Although, based on this scenario, I, I don't know. I don't
1: else. see. I don't see a team willing.
0: To league sign minimum, me. sure, one year, give him a shot. But that being said, if you're Patrick Berg- Berglund and you just walked away from twelve million dollars, I don't think you're going to settle for a one-year league minimum contract at this Why point. Do you walk away from that money. I he has
1: seventy-nine don't. points since twenty-fifteen. Like he's not a great player. No, I think he was making fair money. I think it was it was a bit rich. Yeah, like fair money it, if
0: you're him. Like I, yeah, how, yeah, you yeah. That contract that. was very much in his favor. It's bizarre. So, it's, it's bizarre. Man, it's just for the proof. Hey, NHL players are people too, and happiness matters. If he hates it there, he hates it there. Which the the dichotomy of what's going on in Buffalo is great right now because everybody in in the Buffalo organization is happy as they've been in years and years and years. And there's pretty substantial reports coming out now that the Sabres are really happy with Jeff Skinner and Jeff Skinner is really happy with Buffalo. So they're going to be talking extension as soon as they can in January.
1: Who knew that Jeff Skinner would end up being a good player.
0: Weird, right? Yeah,
1: it's just like bizarre.
0: in all the seasons, he's not been injured scoring 30 goals. Like weird, right?
1: Yeah. But I mean, at least they got cliff Pooh out of it.
0: Oh, don't forget about the third round pick, man. Cliff Pooh, Who's a, who's a fine prospect. He will probably contribute to Carolina's bottom six at some point. He's, He's a guy who's more likely to make the NHL than not. If he ever scores more than 15 goals in the NHL in a season, I'll be surprised. Jeff Skinner's a perennial 30-goal scorer. Jeff Skinner. Buffalo's probably going to have to give him $9 million a year, and I think that's probably a fair deal.
1: The only issue is his concussion history.
0: Yeah. But, hey, the Pugulas, I'm a Bills fan, I know. The Pugulas will... Burn money if it's in the benefit of the team. Like the Bills are eating something like 40 million in dead cap this year. They've got the highest dead cap in the NFL by a country mile. And the Bugulas are like, yep, great, let's do it. Build me a winner. So if Skinner gets hurt and they have to LTIR him get the cap space back, but he's only 30. He's only 26. You got him on a five to six year deal for 9 million. I'd do happily do that. Jeff Skinner is hundred percent going to be going for an eight year contract because of said injury issues. Yeah, of course there might not be a next contract. So he's going to cash out on this one. If that means he has to take eight to get eight years. Sure. And if he's willing to come under nine, Oh, if I'm Buffalo, I'll give him whatever term he wants. Yeah, absolutely. Cause again, I don't love the idea of paying a 34 year old, $8 million but 34 is not 38. 30 he's still going to be a capable NHL player at that point with probably some significant inflation in the cap between now and then.
1: 34 is I think the most likely possibility like most likely probability of a 34-year-old being paid 8 million dollars in however many in 8 years is you get two years where he's overpaid in terms of Jeff Skinner, thirty-three at the age of 33 and at the age
0: of 34. And again, depending on how much money the gambling and Seattle brings into the NHL, we might see a very significant rise in um, the cap, which $8 million right now could be the equivalent of 5.5 at that point, right?
1: Uh, so. I would be surprised if it's that drastic. If, if
0: it's that drastic,
1: yes, but still. It could be the equivalent of 7.
0: Well, if you look at it this year, I know the, the contract's a bit... Uh, the time frame's a bit different, but when McDavid signed his contract in terms of percentage of cap hit, it was the same, or very similar to when Zdeno Chara signed his with Boston which was $8 million at the time. And that was, I want to say, 2007? 2008? Something mm-hmm. around there. So that's a 10-year gap, 8-year contract. Not a huge difference there. And now the NHL's on the point of, it. Lo- the growth looks like it's going to be better than the last 10 years. Like I said, with Vegas, with Seattle, with the gambling revenue coming in so gambling revenue there might be a we're projecting towards a
1: recession in 2020 at this point so the nhl's getting bigger at a good point because there might not be as much spending fu- spending power in their fan base
0: in the future the gambling revenue the new teams 2020 well there's gonna be no spending power when there's no leak <laughs> That's Sorry, I have zero faith in these idiots to not go to a lockout over the dumbest shit. It's the long con. They're just trying to align the
1: lockout with the, the recession, and then hopefully it doesn't last more than a season. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do something crazy, Brad. I'm going to move us to our hashtag overtime discussion, because it's the holidays, and we do what we want. We're drunk off eggnog. Just kidding. Why don't we have eggnog? I have eggnog. Why don't you give me eggnog? Eggnog is gross. I don't drink it. Why do you have it if you don't drink it? Crystal loves the shit. Why is why am I friends with you and not Crystal?
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm friends with Crystal, but I'm like, you know what? I just realized I just did it again. Eggnog tends to be one of those divisive topics where half the podcast just yelled, "I'm like, yes, Brad, yes," and the other half's like, "This guy's an idiot. What's wrong with him?" I'm anyone who knows me knows the only
1: thing I love in this world more than like. Uh, Lime Flaming Hot Cheetos or Chili Lime Flaming Hot Cheetos is c- dairy products, cream. If it was acceptable to drink half and half instead of <laughs> milk, I would do it. <laughs> There's not a lot. So- that's like social parameters are the only thing stopping me from doing Man, so. Man,
0: I, I have the same dairy cake you do, but eggnog just done. Eh, nope, nope, <laughs> done not do it. We're going to head over to Overtime, uh, which, of course, is brought to you
1: by your Patreon patrons. This is technically a midweek episode, even though it feels like the most lazy Sunday episode ever.
0: This feels like a 10 p.m. Sunday episode. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. I am off
0: work tomorrow, though, so I got that going for me. Tomorrow's my last day until January 2nd. I hate you so much. I've got, like, two very—I think over the two weeks over Christmas, I work a combined six days, and two of them are half days. But still, That's the gem of working in the public sector, man.
1: Give me a job sector. there. I'll take it. Okay. Um, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, be careful, man. No, I'm saying be careful what you wish for. And I'm saying be careful of you,
0: Brad. Do, you, you, gonna really, Do you really need me around more? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't even know the title of the company you work for. I'm just going to find out one day and throw in a resume. And I don't even want the job. I just want to walk in for an interview just so you see me. <laughs> just I want to see that momentary... You're gonna look at the
1: window in your interview, you just see me sprinting in the parking lot <laughs> tearing off my tie.
0: Just Jake from Brooklyn 99 in the break room glass. <laughs>
1: <No>! <laughs> Brendan B. Singer says, Hello friends. Clearly this team has regressed to the mean. My question out of the teams uh my question is out of the teams below us in the standings, which ones have the best chance to pass us and improve our draft position?
0: All of them. Um anyone besides LA. Honestly, okay, so the Western Conference is a crap show. So, the problem is I still have very little faith in Detroit. uh, Because even though they keep winning these games, they should not be winning. Oh, Detroit leapfrog two teams tonight. Great. Anyways, every team below them has played less games. Ottawa's played one less game. Carolina, Philly, Florida, and New Jersey have all played three less games. So, if we're just looking at the East... I actually have confidence in Carolina, Philly, Florida, and New Jersey to pass Detroit. Like I I will be legitimately surprised if Detroit finishes above any of those teams. That means one of those four teams is just a complete and utter failure. Ottawa, I fully expect to hold true with us. In the West, um, like I said, LA and Chicago are so far behind right now. I don't see them catching up to Detroit, as sad as that is. I want to say Arizona is going to turn it around, but I don't. I do think St. Louis will at least get it together enough to get past Detroit. That being said, currently Vancouver is ahead of Detroit, and I don't have any faith in Vancouver to stay ahead of Detroit. So take that how you will. So based on what I would guess has happened, yeah, we're looking at fifth or sixth last for Detroit this year. Also, what's your favorite cereal? My favorite is Frosted Flakes. Cheers. My favorite of
1: all time is uh, Fruity Pebbles, and I can't, I'll can't. i never forget the day. OSBP sent them to me.
0: Was it OSBP? I thought it was someone else.
1: Or was it Loopedid? One of the two. I think two. it was Loopedid. Loopedid. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, OSBP wouldn't do something that nice for us. He always
0: does nice things. He just says mean things. That's yeah, fair. I love that, That's people's. actually a really good point. Um, so, I can't keep cereal in my house anymore. It's too high sugar, and when I was a teenager and a kid, it's all I ate. There were legitimately days in high school, like during the summer where I was making my own food, where... Breakfast, lunch, and dinner were cereal. So I have a very long list, but if I had to narrow it down to just a few, cinnamon toast crunch, tricks, the old tricks, not this new abomination, Reese peanut butter puffs. Those were my three go-to's, depending what flavor I wanted. If I wanted chocolate, cinnamon, or fruity. Uh,
1: David Nykes Nikes, the third says, "Uh, hey guys, I hope you're doing well. It was at the Rasmussen bo- uh, bobblehead." game last night, and I got an extra one, and I also went to his and Cholosky's signing and got them signed and wanted to give one to you guys. Oh, that's so nice. That's amazing. That's amazing. You're the best human being ever. If you do send that to us, we do plan on having,
0: like, a memorabilia wall behind us, so we can definitely put that right there. And if you live near Kitchener, I would m- more than happily replace Ryan with you. No. <laughs> I like it here. You've never given me an autograph, Cholosky, or... Rasmussen bobblehead.
1: You've never given me an autograph for Rasmussen bobblehead. Let's just... Okay, you are now both of us. You replaced both of us. You're stuck with Evan. (laughs)
0: You are the podcast. Good luck. (laughs) The
1: signing was one of the most awkward experiences of my life uh, where I wasn't the one causing it. My question is, if slash when Blaschel gets fired, who do you realistically think would be the target for the role? Also, you don't have to try and pronounce my last name because of the lack of vowels, but if you want to try, I'll let you know how close it is. Is it FERC? No, no, no. It's N-Y-C-Z. I would guess... I'm going with Nietzsche Nietzsche yeah and I think Nietzsche is right I
0: think I'm going with Nietzsche alright um
1: who's replacing obviously Castro. Quenville's the target
0: yeah Quenville will be the target no doubt Detroit doesn't strike me as the type to think outside the box but in this case I could see them reaching out to Ralph Kruger Ricard Gronberg um for the credit of the podcast please let it be Gronberg uh,
1: <laughs> oh my god that'd be amazing
0: yeah there's not a a ton of great coaches. I fear they would go after Vigneault, but I could see it. I don't... Man, call me crazy Alain if...
1: Vigneault.
0: Uh, I, with where Detroit is at right now, he might be the second worst choice in the NHL behind only Jeff Blashill. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think. Man, my dream scenario, and you guys can hate me all you want, is Columbus' season goes tits up. No. They fire Tortorella. No. No. Oh, no. I love John Tortorella. He's my favorite coach in the NHL. No. I would do anything to bring him on. Uh, He's effective, man. Col- look at Columbus's roster. They objectively should never have been as good as they are. Yeah, I have Josh Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> They're making do with, like, two really good defensemen, one really good forward, and some, like, all right pieces. Like, obviously their roster's a lot better than Detroit's, but... Hey, we have a listener whose
1: mom served Josh Anderson at a pharmacy in Oakville, I believe. So
0: That's something. (laughs)
1: How many degrees of separation?
0: This podcast has a host (laughs) who's on a hockey card with Connor McDavid. You're such a dweeb. You're such a dweeb. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the podcast, so I felt like I needed to get my opportunity in there.
1: I'll be so angry at you if you haven't, because then why did I listen to you say 11 times to me before this? If not, get some value out of it and say it on the podcast. Just be
0: happy I left the blow-up version of that card at the store, also else it would be prominently displayed in the background. <laughs> I don't need a bigger-than-life version of you. <laughs> You're already a bigger-than-life version of you.
1: Andrew Schwieman says, Has there been any updates concerning Howie's injury? Yes, please refer to my uh, rant, which I soon thereafter dismantled. He seems to be on track to come back. As
0: to how he'll play, that's to be determined. I'm still rattled that uh, emergency backup never got in the game. I know. Bernier should have definitely faked an injury there. Proof that the hockey gods don't care about
1: us. How much does this hurt his trade value? Yeah, at least a little bit. Um, also, do you think Datsuk will be our second line center when he comes back?
0: Oh my god, we didn't even talk about that rumor, but actually, no, you know what, I don't want to talk about that rumor because I don't think there's anything to it. I think everyone was overreacting to
1: what was very clearly a tweet from Bob McKenzie that said people might say this, know that there's nothing to it, at least from what I've seen. And yeah. I kind of trust him. So I don't. It would be nice. Maybe. It'd be fun. I actually, it almost wouldn't even work
0: right now. But we would. Well, I, and I don't know how the. Because he retired as an Arizona Coyote. So I don't know how retaining rights work on that. If he comes back as a UFA, if he comes back as Arizona property, I, I don't know. By the way, still throwing it out there. Detroit won that trade. Marissa says the other day on Twitter, someone asked if Larkin was NHL good or just Detroit good. That is a hilarious phrase and I'm stealing that man. It depends what the question is. You're asking like, is, is Don Larkin a good number one center. Uh, he's Detroit. Good. He's yeah. He's Detroit. Good. He's not NHL. Good. Is Larkin a good center. Yeah. He's NHL. Yeah, he's good. good. He's, he's, he's an NH he's a first line center on 10 to 15 teams in this league. Right that now. is a,
1: that is an accurate statement. Um, Which other NHLers do you think Larkin compares with right now, and which ones do you think he might compare with in the future? Would he have the potential to eventually become, say, an Eichel? No.
0: No, 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 no.
1: Probably wishful thinking on my part, but Larkin is only getting better, and he's managing to perform at his current level while he's on a line with Justin Abdelkader. Can't help but imagine how much more he'd produce if he had a Skinner on his wing instead. He'd produce more, but Eichel's way more more. talented.
0: Yeah, so when you you actually look at the data of where players start to peak. Now Larkin is at about the age where we, he is about what we can expect out of him. We might see a at best over the next couple of years, a five to 10 point, um, uptick at best. And even that's kind of reaching. I think Lark the uptick in Larkin's production or improvements, whatever you want to call it, are going to come from the improvement in his line mates. He is, he is playing with a almost literal boat anchor hanging off his back. Um, this season, I mean, when, when I'm at the point where I miss Darren Helm being on his wing, you know it's a problem. Um, but again, we have Zadina coming, maybe Bergeron in a couple of years. Maybe they put out, Ath- man, I saw one shift where just in the line changed Larkin and Athanasi were on the ice together and they broke the puck out together and it was art. Time
1: slowed down for Brad. Uh, Garrett TV says, Guys, great work on the Players' Brooklyn 99 character segment. Recently, perhaps it'll become a recurring bit. Uh, how about Players' cheapest domestic beers? <laughs> to start, we all know Blashill's Milwaukee's best ice because he makes tons of awkward facial expressions. Exactly what happens when you drink that beer. But what about the rest? Who is Labatt Blue, Labatt Light, Molson Canadian, Miller Light, MGD, Michelob Ultra, Coors
0: Light, Bud, Bud Light, Bud Ice, Okay, I'm Bush gonna start, <laughs> I'm gonna start with the obvious one here. Justin Obligator is Coors light because he's objectively terrible, but for some reason half the population likes it. Um uh Jonathan Erickson's brava.
1: Jonathan Erickson's Brava European sounding, uh bad, and the only people who think it's good are people who A aren't beer drinkers slash aren't hockey fans, <laughs> or B people who are drunk. <laughs> And the only people who think Brava is good are people who are drunk. And the only people who think Jonathan Erickson is good is people who are drunk. It, that's I'm proud
0: of that one. Okay, uh, Here's mine. Uh, Andreas you is Corona. Smooth, tastes better than people are willing to admit, and slightly exotic. You put a little bit of
1: lime... Dylan Larkin in with it. Dylan Larkin's Bud Light Lime. You <laughs> <laughs> don't put that on Dylan. Dylan Larkin's Bud Light Lime. Is he a true number one beer? Okay, hold on. No, but for, is he? Do you still? In, no, that's it's that's too low on Dylan. No, Larkin. like if we're
0: going like okay, here's the problem because it's such a divided opinion. Like, what is an objectively good mainstream beer? Because I don't know one that all my friends enjoy. Like, I want to say Larkin is MGD because that seems to be the one most people can tolerate.
1: He needs more flash. MGD's. It's it's good, it's a good beer. It's just, even people who don't like beer, um, or people who don't love uh,
0: mainstream beers, yeah. can tolerate MGD.
1: Whatever happened to the micro-filtered? Uh Molson, Molson M, is that still around? I have no idea.
0: It was actually not bad. Canadians are right. Canadians are my go to when I just need to get Canadian absolutely hammered and don't really care what I'm drinking. Piss water. I cannot stand it. It's man. I take it over like Bud Light or Coors or any of that crap. Yeah, actually, hold on. No, better than no, those. nope. I have my answer for Larkin. He's Coors Banquet. You're really gonna make Larkin a Coors beer? Banquet is.
1: I think Larkin I is can, one of the Michigan like Michigan smaller breweries like. Bell's.
0: But we're not doing small breweries. It's cheating.
1: Why not? He said oh, mainstream. Cheap domestic beers. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Banquet yeah. is my go to for cheap domestic if I'm willing to spend more than Canadian.
1: Uh, we have, what's it? Laker Ice in Canada. That's it. A-
0: Maker, Laker. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Boxer. Boxer's Luke Rutkowski. It's literally the cheapest beer that, that you can buy. It, they make it the lower limit of the beer price. Ever
0: since Doug Ford put in Bucket Beer, all mainstream Ontario beers right now are pretty much the Detroit Red Wings, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since... It's <laughs> just a whole bunch of down bullshit.
1: <laughs> yep. Moritz Coleman says, first time long time. Hope you had a great week so far. Uh, nice to hear from you again, Moritz. Uh, I'm pretty new to hockey and all this Ovi vs Gretzky goal record talk has led me to look a little bit into the history of the game. Now I knew that Gretzky was considered the GOAT and unlike uh, any other sports, so there
0: wasn't really room for discussion on this matter. <laughs> <laughs> Some people try to make it a discussion; it's not a discussion.
1: However, I was still surprised when looking at the all-time leaderboards, goals and assists, by how far he was ahead of the rest of the field, especially given the number of games played. Judging by the numbers, he's pretty much the most dominant athlete in any sport ever. Was he really that insane, or his numbers somehow skewed a little bit? No slight against Gretzky; just a genuine question because I can't wrap my head around it. That's fair. A lot of
0: people kind of wonder about that. So this is a two-point answer because it's relevant because it contradicts itself. The 1980s in hockey was a different animal. Like right now, were you, I think the, the average score in an NHL game these days is three, two. I think back in the 80s, the average game score is five, four, six, five goalies were basically wearing cereal boxes as pads and didn't know how to fall down. So <laughs> scoring was at an all time high. Um, between the number of penalties that were taken, power plays, everything. its If you look at the league leaders of all-time NHL scoring, at the top 30, I would bet 15 to 20 of them played prominently in the 80s. The thing is... The, th- the thing is... I think
1: you're going to make this same yeah, point.
0: The thing is why Gretzky is still the GOAT is because, for me, everything is relative. Gretzky was scoring a ton because it was the 80s, yes, but he was still finishing 50, 60 points a season behind the next highest guy. The only guy in the 80s to ever sniff Gretzky's numbers was Lemieux. Like, guys, I think, what was it? Steve Eisman actually had the third highest scoring season of all time where he, not by a guy, not named Gretzky or Lemieux, he put up 160. Something like that. Gretzky had 215 in his season. Steve Eisenman's got one of the single greatest seasons in hockey history, and he's still finished 55 points behind Gretzky's best. Like, it's insane. So, it's... Gretzky just ran away from the field. The only two other players that I will legitimately hear an argument for, for best ever, I still don't put them in the same category as Gretzky, but I can hear it, is Lemieux and Orr.
1: That's it. That's That's it.
0: That is it. Orr was insane, but because he was such, his career was so short, you can't really compare it. And again, because of, he played defense, the numbers would never be there. But hey, didn't he win scoring titles as a defenseman? And if you look at per game numbers, Lemieux wasn't far off Gretzky. But Lemieux, with his cancer and all his injuries, just never had the longevity that... Wayne did and never played the volume of games that Wayne did. Because I think Lemieux actually had a 199-point season. Never got to 200, but... He never broke 200? No, he got 199 was his... That's devastating. Yeah. Gretzky's the only guy to ever break two.
1: Well, I agree... With everything Brad said, and to save my own voice, I'm not going to repeat it back at you. Evan Beckner says, hey guys, the second Philly announced Hart was playing, I knew the Wings were doomed. I have no stats to back it up, but I swear rookies perform better against the Wings. It's not even because they're bad now. I remember watching rookies score their first ever goals against the Wings as far back as the early 2000s. Is there something to to this or is it a bias because i watch more red wings hockey than any other team uh the red wings are like one of the premier teams the most historic teams in the nhl i don't know if i'm coming into the league and playing my first ever game i'd much rather play and be fired up for a game against like detroit or toronto or
0: chicago than like a uh, columbus or florida right so it could just be players being more amped up and since detroit's got bad they're one of The nicknames we've given to him is Slump Busters. So coming in for your first game, having scored in 12 games, well, we've got the cure. Who are you going to call Slump Busters? Uh, He goes on to say, P.S. If you're in the
1: Detroit area over the holidays, I highly suggest you stop by the LCA for the Great Lakes Invitational on the 30th, 31st. Damn it. It Features Michigan, Michigan State, Lake Superior State, State, and my Michigan Tech Huskies all battling out for the McInnes Cup. There's really nothing like college hockey. The atmosphere is loud, and there's chants and songs through the whole game. Also, it's a cheap way to check out a game of the LCA Lower Bowl at thirty-five bucks US. That's like a million dollars Canadian. Uh, I would love to go root for Michigan um, if I was there. I unfortunately will be back in Kitchener Waterloo by then.
0: Yeah, to I'm bring back you guys
1: a podcast. On. I'm back on the twenty-sixth, so I will not get the chance. Advanced Water says, has anyone ever tracked which goalie has taken the most shots on a goal in a season? feel like Howard might be on track to break that record if the weight of him carrying the Red Wings uh, doesn't hurt his back worse before then. Either way, I've been loving this season. Maybe the incredible plays just uh, seem a little bit more incredible mixing with everything else happening on the ice. Anyway, should I get a Choloski jersey? Yes. yes. I need an away player now that Tatar is no longer with us. Oh, Choloski. Which just change
0: the take. nameplate, man. Come on, you got the easy out here.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Uh, Taylor Humanga says Hey guys, ever think about getting a Discord server Up during the games? Yeah, I think we're going to transition We our- have a Discord Yeah, we're going to transition that to Patreon only, I think
0: Okay, I'm
1: saying we just never use it Rowan says Where does Ev- Evgeny Sveshnikov fit in the puzzle With a healthy roster? Assuming the following Nyquist is traded It doesn't come back in free agency Vanek is not resigned, obviously Not so obviously Elite top liner Darren Helm returns from injury And keeps doing elite top liner Darren Helm things Valeno and Zadina make the team it okay, could, could so, be further complicated by a high first-round pick being used on another forward.
0: I assumed Firk won't be around, but who knows. So, you basically answered the first part of your question there. If we're losing Vanik and Nyquist, they get replaced by Zadina and Valeno. There's another guy, Ford, who has a contract expiring this year, Martin Firk. So, if such is going to get a regular shift, it's going to be at Firk's expense. So, that's... I... Can't really get into much more detail than that. That's about the only way I can think of it, because I don't see any unforeseen trades coming.
1: Jersey time. Firstly, Ryan, you have asked and I have delivered. Don't miss that 09 Winter Classic on eBay. And a child's extra-large is requested. <laughs> Best expansion team jersey. The
0: expansion team?
1: Las Vegas Flamingos that never came to fruition.
0: Ooh. Man, this is unfair, because two of my all-time favorite jerseys like, were expansion jerseys. Is it Vegas? It's, it's Vegas it's or Anaheim. Oh, yeah. It's Vegas or Anaheim. Ducks. There's, I will not hear another acceptable answer other than those two. I think that has to go to the Mighty Ducks. I, th- I think Mighty Ducks gets the W. That was historic what the Mighty Ducks did. I'm still angry the Ducks do not wear those jerseys. And I'm still angry that when they decided they were going to bring him back for the thirds, they still screwed them up somehow. Give me eggplant or give me death. Just put the damn jerseys back together. This isn't complicated. If we need to bring Josh Jackson himself to don the jersey and drop the puck to make it happen, we can do it. I don't know what he's doing these days since Fringe, but you know. (laughs) Make it happen, Charlie Conway. And with that, we are going to sign off, take
1: our week long break. Everyone. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful holiday. Please stay safe. Stay warm. Stay merry. Don't drink and drive. Enjoy your time with your family. Hide in the washroom in the dark as long as you can. We would like to thank everybody for listening and supporting the show. Sean Levine, Chad Hiresack, Sky Carcass, Arjun Shanker, Clayton Van Dyken, Langebeer, Derek Shippard, Ryan Lewis, Kalen Wood, Charlie Elkins, Stan Olson, Dan Bell, Hanley our name sponsors. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. I won't give you the spiel. Go rest. Enjoy your holidays. We'll be back on the 30th. Um, and uh, Brad, are we going to be back? Are we going to be alive by then? 50-50. All right. All right.